the last few weeks, we have been going through a series called Three Years. And what we've been doing is we've been focusing on the ministry of Jesus. The, the three years that he led a ministry from about the age of 30 until he was crucified around the age of 33. And so we've been looking at the, the different things that Jesus did, whether it was through teaching or whether it was through uh, miracles that he performed. Jesus did a lot during these three years. And, and again, there was, there was a few different types of um, things that, that he did that we have recorded in Scripture that we can look at. One of them being miracles, whether he was healing the blind or healing the sick or raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus performed a lot of miracles. Um, he, he also preached quite a bit. We, we have the Sermon on the Mount that we observed. Um, there, there's other instances of Jesus teaching throughout Scripture. Um, there are individual lessons that Jesus gave directly to individuals who would come and ask him a question or who would come in, in and question something. Jesus would give them uh, an individual lesson. And then there are the parables. And these were used during Jesus' preaching. Um, they, were, they were fiction stories used to prove a point. And that's what we observed last week. So just kind of backtrack over the last few weeks. The first week we talked about the official son. Jesus saved him from death. The whole house was saved. It was a great story. Second week we talked about part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus addressed the anxiety that we carry in our everyday lives. He addressed how we, how we, we hold on to ourselves and he wants us to turn it over to him. That was week two. Week three, last week we discussed the prodigal son. Um, it's a parable. The, the son takes his inheritance, goes away, squanders it away, returns. The father takes him in. Other brother gets mad. So there's two, there's two things that we observed in that message. The first one being you're never too far away from the father to return. Um, the, the first son, again, he took his inheritance. He blew it. He, he went and partied it away and was still able to return to the father. No questions asked. Then we had the second son who was there the entire time. He maintained his position in the household. He continued to work. And he felt like he was betrayed because the father just took in the other one just so easily. And so from him, we learned that we're never too close to the father to fail. There are times that we carry this pride with us. We're walking with Jesus and we're doing everything we're supposed to do. But we still slip. And so when we, when we give all of our everything to Jesus, we're, we're able to hold on to him and he's able to hold on to us. And if we fail, because we're human, it's going to happen. When we fail, he's still there for us. That's what the second son taught us last week. So this week, as we continue through this series, of course, the ultimate goal is Easter. We're, we're getting to Easter. We're, we're, we're getting there next week, guys. It is so exciting. But as we discussed having the play today and uh, with the, the vote coming after, we, we kind of discussed what do we want to do? We, we don't want to do a full sermon. We don't want to do a full deal. What would pair well with what the children did this morning? And so I started to look at children's ministry through the eyes of Jesus. Why do we do what we do here based off of what Jesus instructed of us? And so today I want to spend some time looking at how Jesus viewed children in his mind and why it shapes what we do here. So join me today. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Just a, a few verses we're going to observe before we continue on. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, the words will be on the screen as well. But Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. It starts like this. It says, And they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw it, 
he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying hands on them. So as we view these, these four verses, we look at these four verses, there's a few things that we can pull out of it that, that will tell us what we need to do when we observe children's ministry. The first is how he responds to the disciples' reaction to the children. It says that the, the, the parents and, and whoever they were were bringing the children to Jesus. It, of course, we just saw so many kids run out of here, and, and we know that sometimes it's a distraction. Sometimes they, they talk, they make noise, but that's okay. That's okay. We can assume that it was probably the same situation as these children said at Jesus' feet. They might have made noise, they might have been talking, they might have been playing in the sand, whatever they were doing. But that's okay. Because Jesus loved them anyway. He didn't say, get them away from me, why don't y'all take them to another place and, and provide snacks and do something different. He said, they need to be right here. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. The kingdom of God belongs to them. It's okay that the kids are in here making noise. It's okay that the kids are running around the church and playing and having fun. It's okay that they enjoy being here. That's okay. That, that, that's encouraged. Screaming kids, like that's an encouragement. Our church is growing from the ground up. Kids are learning that they can come to Highland and have fun and enjoy it and learn about Jesus and that we're going to love them no matter what. The second is more for us. Jesus states, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is for us. How, how does a child receive the kingdom of God? Children have such pure hearts. They, they come with, with no real baggage. Most of them don't come with real, real baggage. They come without hesitation. They have a complete trust in a father who's going to provide for them. So when we come to Jesus, we have to come in the same way. We have to come with pure hearts. We have to come with complete trust. We have to come with no hesitation in our hearts. That's how we come to Jesus. So when we look at all of this, when we, when we observe this as a whole, why do we do children's ministry the way that we do at Highland? Why do we observe the, the different aspects of our different children's ministries the way that we do? I want to show you a little video before we get into, into why we do specifics. Go ahead, Matt.
That is one of the coolest breakdowns of children's ministry that I've ever seen. Um, I, I've been somewhat involved in some sort of children's ministry since I was in high school. Uh, my, when I was growing up, my father was a children's minister. That was his job, was to minister directly to children. And so when, when we view videos like this, when we see this video, and we start to understand why, why we come together to do this, it makes so much sense. So if you've ever wondered why it's called Collide, if you've ever wondered why we picked the color orange, if you've ever wondered anything about our children's ministry, here it is. It's our church making a conscious decision to partner with parents to raise their children up to be Bible-believing, fully on fire for God Christians. That's our goal. That's our goal here. So when we come together with all of these ministries Collide is the, the umbrella that oversees everything. It's one ministry aimed at reaching all children. One ministry aimed at reaching every child that walks in this door. And we're collectively hitting the main emphasis points that, that raises up our kids to be the Christians we would hope they would be. So all of these pieces come together. We have a wanna. We've been, we've been doing Awana for years. It's something that was started 25 years ago here. But we continue to do it because of what it means for these children. It means scripture memorization. It means Bible knowledge. It means learning to love studying scripture. I saw this firsthand this last month. Uh, we had our men's ministry breakfast uh, right here in the fellowship hall. We came together, give a little devotional, and as I'm reading one of the scriptures, one of our sixth grade boys who had attended started quoting the scripture back to us off the top of his head. He knew these verses by heart because he has spent time in this ministry learning to love the Bible, learning to love studying the Bible, learning to love memorizing scripture. It was firsthand that this program works. We do Awana because we want children to love Scripture. That's our main goal with Awana. We do Collide Music. This, this play that we had here this morning, this is Collide Music. We do this because we want children to learn the importance of worship and to learn loving, worshiping the name of Jesus. The third benefit is it's fun. Those kids had so much fun putting this together. They had so much fun coming up here this morning and presenting it to you. It's fun. It is a fun time for these kids. But they are learning, they are learning the importance of worship. They are learning the importance of singing songs to Jesus. They presented the gospel to y'all this morning. I don't know if you caught it or not, but they did. And they did a really good job doing it. They are learning these songs and learning the gospel through worship. That's why we do Collide Music. We do Sunday school every Sunday, 9 o'clock, because that's the standard operation around our church here. We do Sunday school at 9, we do worship at 10. Our children are learning to do the same. Because it's not just about teaching them to love Jesus, it's about teaching them to love the church that they're in. They're coming together as a group. They're connecting. They're growing together. The themes switch every month. There's a new theme every month. If you go in there the first Sunday of the month, you'll see the new theme. You go in there the last Sunday of the month, you'll see that it has grown. 
Every month they're, they're learning a new topic. They're learning a new theme. They're pursuing Jesus with everything that they have. They take those same lessons and break it into a second part for children's church. It's church at their level. It's church at their understanding. They go in there and they get to learn scripture. They get to learn what the Bible is telling them. They get to learn that Jesus loves them so much to where they continue to come back to church every week and are so excited to do so. We do family Sundays here. The last Sunday of every month, we do a family Sunday. We don't do children's church. The kids stay in here. It's been asked, why why do we do this? We want children to participate in worship with their church family. We want children to participate in worship with their family family. We want your children to watch you worshiping Jesus and see how much you love worshiping Jesus so that they learn to love worshiping Jesus the same. It's not just so we can take a break and so we can, we can have some time to ourselves. It's none of that. It's so that children learn to worship with their church family. I grew up in a church that I, I, I felt love from people, but on Sunday mornings, it, it seemed as though I was a nuisance. I was one of like five kids. Two of them were my brothers, and I'm sure we were hectic. I'm sure. But I didn't ever feel truly welcomed on Sunday mornings in my church. And my dad was the pastor. If there were favorites of the kids, it was us. But I still didn't feel welcome. We as a church are making an intentional decision to make sure that our kids are in the sanctuary once a month and they know that they are welcomed here and they know that they are loved here. That's why we do Family Sundays. We want to solidify a lasting desire of worshiping God with his people. Because sooner or later, every single one of those kids that left here are going to go into junior high and middle school and high school, and they're going to be in here full time. And if they don't learn to love it now, the transition is going to be much harder. But when they've been in here once a month and they see what's going on, they see how, how great it is to be in here, worshiping with their family, with their church family, seeing your smiling faces of high fives and handshakes or however you greet the kids. They're learning that they're welcomed here, that they're loved here, and they're going to learn to love being here. We want them to become more familiar with you. We do, we do our events like our Easter and our fall festival. Those are fun events, but they bring kids into our church to where we can love on them. Of course, they get candy and they play games and they have fun, but they're presented the gospel. They're presented what it means to truly love Jesus in a fun and supportive atmosphere. We do these fundraisers so that you can connect with, with your children's ministry. You might not have kids in the ministry, but we come together, we have, these, we have these fundraisers, and we give you as a church an opportunity to buy into what we're doing in the children's ministry. And y'all have done a fantastic job. The cocoa bar was amazing. It blew us away how well y'all came together to support your children. Thank you for that. Thank you for pouring in to your children's ministry here. It is such a cool thing to see a church that is buying into that. The donations for Easter, we've we've asked for candy. Y'all have provided candy. Y'all have done a fantastic job providing for these children to have these events.
This is why we do the children's ministry the way that we do it here at Highland. This is why we do everything that we do within our children's ministry. So you might ask, how can I help? How, how can I participate in moving this forward? There's three ways that you can help. The first is volunteer. You can volunteer your time. We, again, we have, we have children's church three times a month. Geraldine's always looking for a second teacher to come in there. You just got to kind of hang out and be there. And if we need bathroom breaks, you're there. If, if we need to break away for some other reason, we need a second person. We need you to, to, to come into this and participate and help. It's not hard. It's not strenuous, I promise. We're not going to lock you in. If you do it once, you're there every week and don't ever ask to get out. If everybody participated a little, it could be once or twice every six months. But we need you volunteering. We need you volunteering on Sundays. We need volunteers for VBS. We still need teachers for VBS. We still need different areas covered for VBS. Get involved. It's three hours a night for one week. That's all we're asking. It seems daunting. It seems like a lot, but we're asking for help. You can volunteer your time. The second is donate. You can continue to donate to our fundraisers. You can continue to donate to any, any deal that we put forward for this children's ministry. Again, y'all have done a fantastic job. This isn't a presentation because we've been lacking. Y'all have done amazing. But we ask you to continue to donate. Continue to be involved. Continue to participate through donation. And lastly, we just ask you to pray. Continue to pray for these children. Continue to pray for the adults that are involved in this ministry. Continue to pray that, that God continues to move within these children. Because God's moving within these children. This current generation is called the revival generation because God is moving whether we see it or not. It's happening across college campuses. It's happening across high school campuses. And our prayer is that it continues to happen as these kids get up to that same point. God is moving and we can continue to pray that he continues to do so over and over again.